The message is entitled, No, no Coincidence. I've heard some people say, well, that is a coincidence. And there may be those opportunities that it might be a coincidence, you know, uh, in life, because we know that life does happen. Our text, however, deals with this, that there is an overwhelming concern and an overwhelming love that embraces us every single day while we're here on earth. In other words, God, like the stars, just didn't throw us out into this planet. And so I'm going to throw a handful handful of you out there and a handful of meteors out there and a handful of clouds out there. Here's what I know, that when God created you and me, He knows right where we are at every moment of every single day. I mean, He knows right where you're at. He knows that when you say something that you don't want him to hear, he hears it. And he hears those things that we might want him to hear. We call those prayers, and we need more of those. You see, you've heard me say before, and for the purpose of this message, I just don't believe this little four-letter word called luck ought to be anything that relates in the heart and from the mouth of a born-again believer. You know, God, I'm so glad I'm going to heaven. I'm the luckiest man in the world. As if some luck is what got you to heaven. Luck is defined as as a means or chance or a good fortune. And so here's what I know. The Scripture talks about my footsteps. It talks about your footsteps. He knows right where I'm at, right here and in the now. And he also says, hey, my, my will for you, my plan for you, was not by happenstance or luck or some coincidence. I ordered your footsteps. I want you to look, Psalms 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. If you believe it, say amen. And he delights in his way. It doesn't say the steps of a good man are a good fortune of the Lord. It doesn't say the steps of a good man is a chance given by the Lord. It doesn't say that. It says it is ordered, executed. This is what I desire. It is an order. And then he says that God delights, he delights in our way. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not delighted with some people. How many know what I'm talking about? I mean, I want you to know, and I love you, but I'll tell you what, I'm not really delighted in what you're doing right now. I'm not really delighted in some of the decisions that you're making. Here's what God, God said, I love you. You are my creation. There's no way you're going to get away from me. I have a direct plan that I have for you, and I want you to know that we're in partnership And since you have come to faith as a born-again follower, I delight in your way. Do you always bring me joy? Maybe not. But he still delights in us. Why? Because we are God's creation. I am God's creation. Would you say that with me? I am God's creation. I believe that. Now, we are always as individuals, as individuals of faith, We're always running toward something. Always running toward something. Always. So in our text tonight, 
out of John's Gospels, the brother of Jesus, chapter 4, verse 47, talking about this man. This man was a nobleman. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son who was close to death. This man, as we study him very carefully, was a very wealthy individual. He was an individual that, that had influence. And in the midst of a personal crisis, you see, when you face a personal crisis and when life is not going smoothly or when you're met head on with an opposing force and you're challenged and the very foundation of who you are is challenged and you come in a situation to say, there is nothing I can do. I'm reminded of my friend Greg Mundus, the director of the World Missions Department. It went through COVID, but three times, I, I love this story, three times the doctors there who were specialists in the COVID, three times they said in that six weeks or more period, he will not. His son is a surgeon out of California. Three times those doctors said, separate occasions, your father probably will not make it through the night. Now, one physician to another, he probably will not make it through the night, but he did. There was another night during that period of time. Your father won't make it through the night. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Well, I want you to know that he did. There was a third time they said, we are certain this time he won't make it through the night. It's been good serving you guys, but he did. And the other day, he was on a meeting that I was on talking about his healing. Why? Because God said, I know right where you're at. I knew about COVID and its attack on your body, but it is not my time for you to go. Come on, friend. We know that God is in control. If you're a believer and a follower, you have to determine that in your own life. You're always running toward, toward something. This man was a wealthy individual. His influence, his wealth, his insurance could do nothing. And his son was at a point of death, and everybody around him knew that he was. And because it was his son, it was a, a lot more than just the boy dying. If you study carefully this story and this illustration, it was the family name that was at stake. I mean, you got family name and the heritage of that family name continuing on was extremely important. And not only that, losing the heritage, if the son dies, the family heritage and lineage is now over and it would be in jeopardy. So the intents of his need, not just the loss of his son, but the heritage of future names for their family would be gone, and his need was very great. Here it is. The father gets the emails. He spreads them out. He looks at them. He thinks he's at the point of death. You know, I have, hey, do we have another physician out? No, no, sir. We have no one to help. But what had happened was this. Not long before that, Jesus had been in Jerusalem. And he'd been in Jerusalem, and many people from where this nobleman lived and others out of Cana and Galilee had been in Jerusalem. 
And what they saw, they saw Jesus perform many miracles. You know, the Bible says that while he was there, he took the best advantage so that those that might be lost would see and would understand this man, this man is not just a great teacher, but he's a man that performs miracles, and he had disciples that were following him, and this man, this man heard. And then when it says he heard that he's coming near where he is at, he had to face this decision. Do I, do I send a messenger to Jesus with a message, sir, I'm a wealthy, influential individual in my town, would you consider coming, or do I go myself? And then when he decided that he would go himself, he thought, do I need to go to Jesus? What will it look like? If others see me, a man of great position, go to someone that, that many of the Gentiles and many of the Jews despise, do I go to him? But you know, when you're faced with circumstances that pull on your heart, and you're faced with circumstances and, and situations in your life, that you say, if I don't get an answer, if I don't get a relief, if God, you don't come down and meet me, it's all over. It's just all over. What did he do? He took that 15-mile journey from Capernaum to Canaan of Galilee. Can you imagine it wasn't that he took his motorcycle? He walked that 15 miles. When you're walking, friend, you have a lot of time to think. A lot of time to think. He decided and made decision. I don't care how much wealth or influence I may have. The only answer is get to that man we know as Jesus. Well, every day, you and I are running in one of two directions. We're usually running toward our own sufficiency, our own wisdom, our own knowledge. Or we're really digging in and, and running and humble ourselves toward God. The real challenge is when we're not really in need of God, when there is nothing that's pounding us, when there's nothing that's pushing us down and the bills are paid and, and we've, got, we've got a good future and just got a bonus do you know what? Human nature, human nature will sometimes lean on their own understanding and their own sufficiency. I guarantee you, your best prayers are not when you're doing great. Your best prayers happen to be when your back is against the wall. And it's God, God, God. And what did he do? He went toward Jesus. You see, when you're in that crisis, he said, well, I'm looking for a coincidence. I'm looking for a little luck here. <laughs> Throw the dice. I'm looking for an answer, not just an answer. I'm looking for a supernatural answer. I can imagine what the conversation might have been to his son if his son was even coherent. Maybe burning up with a fever. 
son, I want you to know, dad's going away. I'm, I'm going to the best I can. I'm going to find an answer. I'm going to meet a miracle. Hang on, boy. Don't give up. Daddy, daddy loves you. Daddy's going to care for you. And on that journey toward where Jesus was in 15 miles, that man's faith. And you say, well, what faith did he have? Because the Bible said to every person, God has given a measure of faith. You can be as mean as the devil, and God still has given you a measure of faith. You can be as backward and idiotic and as temperamental as everything, and yet God has given you a measure of faith. Why? To one day use that faith to cause you to bridge the chasm from eternal death into eternal life. By faith, I believe you, God. I believe you died for my sins. I believe, my faith believes that it will be okay. And far too many people, they lean on that own sufficiency that is there when he finally made it to Jesus. He said simply, Jesus, when he asked him to heal, my son is sick. Jesus replied, you may go, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And when the man finally made it, he simply said, as we made a mention, my son's dying. Please come to Capernaum, that's where I'm from, and please heal my son. My request, I just gave you my request. Please come heal my son. Do you suppose he was crying? Do you suppose he was shaking? Do you suppose that he looked at Jesus as his last resort? Do you suppose that he thought, if you don't help me, we're really up the creek. He didn't go into all that. He just said, I need you to come. And Jesus paused. Jesus paused, and what he said was in John 4, 48, unless you people see miraculous signs and wonders, you will never believe in other words, Jesus knew that there were those there that saw the miracles take place in Jerusalem. And he said, I know, I know that the reason some of you have any faith at all is because you saw me do miracles in Jerusalem. But he said, there is a greater depth of faith because faith happens not to be things that are seen, but it is the substance of things unseen. It kicks into gear when we cannot find a reason and we still stand strong and say, but I believe. God, things are going to run. It didn't work today, but I, I still believe. It's the kind of faith that says, God, if you don't raise your hand and do another thing for me, I want you to know I feel secure in the power of your love. God, I want you to know if you don't take this heartache and this pain away, if you don't heal this marriage, if you don't heal that body, if you don't come through and help my son or my daughter, that's the kind of thing I still believe. 
I believe, God, if I never see another thing happen, he was putting the man off. And the man was learning a lesson because he was suggesting that the man came as others only as a result of the miracle and testing that man's resolve. The man who had never met Jesus believed. He only heard of his miracles. And he not only decided to believe, but he decided to persevere in Jesus' presence. I have no other request. I'm at the mercy of you, Jesus. I have no other path. Your word, you're in control. I'm here as the Father of a son that every minute that rolls by could breathe his last breath. I walked 15 miles to get here. And so I'm out of tears. I'm out of emotional wrangling in my mind. It's whatever you say. Something sparked in the heart of Jesus. Son, your luck is about to come to pass. As a matter of fact, it's a coincidence that you got an audience with me. This is your lucky day. That's not what happened. When you can't breathe, when you're confused and you're frustrated, when you're fed up to hear, when you say, I can't take it anymore, when you say, if that isn't fixed, I don't know what I'm going to do, let me tell you what will happen. You will survive as long as God says you will survive. Amen? And since He is our only hope, we might as well tag on to Him, period. And if He scolds us a little bit, what do we do? We stand strong because He's the only foundation that is not sinking sand. Is there anyone else out there that believes that? Every day we're challenged. Every day we're challenged to meet life head on. Every day God gives us special opportunities to decide to believe. And here's what I know in Isaiah 14, 24, the Lord Almighty has sworn, surely as I have planned, so it will be. And as I have purposed, so it will stand. In other words, my plan and my sovereign will for you, as I have purposed in your life, it will stand. It will stand. You see, the problem with human nature, we like to think that we've got another door, that we've got a, another power, that we've got a, another award, a, anointing. May I suggest to you that when you as a believer mature enough to believe, hey, without God, let me do some yard talk, I ain't got nobody. The only thing I've got at the end of the day is sweet Jesus. 
in the sweet by and by. What a fellowship, what a joy divine. Come on, y'all. We understand that. You see, we sometimes forget that God gives us opportunities in those moments to grow in faith and experiencing the results. I can tell you the life of many individuals that I know that we have ministered to over the years. I've gone through heartache. I've gone through divorce with them. I've gone through broken homes. I've gone through deaths with them. I've gone through all kinds of challenges with them. But here's what I know. God is all right when we weep and we cry, and God is all right. I'll take this step. Listen to it. He's all right with you hitting that valley of unbelief. But at the end of the day, he's going to go to you like he did Elijah and said, Elijah, I've let you stay here and let you sleep. But now it's time to get up, boy. I'm about to serve you a little meal that's going to give you encouragement. And listen to me. There are things going on that you don't have anything to to have knowledge of. You just lean on me. And listen to me, friend. God is never idle in your life. He's never idle in your family's life. He's never idle with his plan for you. There is always something that God is doing in your life with or without your knowledge. Well, I feel pretty good. We're pretty special. God cares that much. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Hebrews eleven thirty three. of all those people we like to read about, out of that Old Testament, we say, man, what a story. But there it is, who through faith these individuals conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions. They're the ones that we look to. They overcame because they stood firm and strong. So there may be a time in your life soon, very soon, By now, you have a testimony if you've lived for Jesus long that say, boy, I remember when. But as sure as you're living, there'll be other things that God will court you in your faith and say, this next little thing that's going to happen is because I'm, I'm working in you. And when things in your life is not going that you can't figure it out, hear me well. The harder those things jump on your back, the greater it will be when God delivers you out of it for something bigger and better. You believe, I believe that. I, believe, I don't care what you say. I believe it. So here's what we know. They conquered kingdoms. Well, this man was banking on not a coincidence. He'd never had traction in the presence of a king he'd never been in the presence of someone who could turn the water into wine and it happened right where they were he was banking on his faith that this same man a little more mature if he could turn water he could heal my son and that's where it's at the three hebrew children they give us great encouragement I mean, there they are in the fiery furnace, about to be cast, about to be snuffed out. And they said, if it be so, if it be so, 
our God whom we serve will deliver us. But here's the depth of our faith. But if not, and that's the kind of faith that we have to have, but if not, here's what we want you to know, that we will not serve your gods nor worship any golden images which you have set up. We are rock solid in the one who's given us breath and the one who gives us eternal life. Y'all out there? Victory is no coincidence. It's no coincidence. John 4, 53, then the father realized, he realized the exact time at which Jesus said to him, your son will live. So he and all his household believed 15 miles there you go. He decided to run toward Jesus, sacrificed his travel time to find Jesus. He would not be denied. And Jesus realized this man was in touch with the Spirit. And he was more in tune with God's heart than just experiencing a miracle. And what did Jesus say? You may go. Your son will live you feel that I've said before many times and I'll keep saying it when Taylor our oldest grandchild had the E. coli bacteria and the doctor said she would not make it through the night I found an altar in the chapel of that hospital and went down to pray. And there was an incident I didn't understand that happened to me as a young person. And I thought it was foolish, but I obeyed. And I always wondered why God asked me to do that. It was foolish, but I obeyed. And many years later, with our first grandchild, maybe three years of age, I went down to pray. And God said, do you remember this? Do you remember you obeyed? Yes, sir. Do you know how many times you've asked me why? And I've never given you an answer. But you've remained faithful because you were obedient that night. I'm going to heal your granddaughter. Your granddaughter is healed. Listen, friend, I, I want you to catch this. That kind of power is in you. That kind of power is with you. That kind of anointing is on you. That kind of presence is all around you. 
We, we get too busy running here and there and not running to where the source is. The source is, God said, if you come unto me and you're weary, I'm here to tell you, I'll give you a new anointing. You run toward me. You may understand, you come my way and you watch. Your son will live. And the man took, here it is, the man took Jesus at his word and departed. Wait a minute, let me call on my cell phone to see what's happening in the house. The man took him at his word and departed. You know how much faith it took to be in the reservoir of that man's heart who before then was a non-believer to be able to say, yes, sir, I take you at your word. And as he was traveling back to Capernaum, some of his family came out to meet him. And they said, hey, Lucas, or whatever his name is, Lucas is healed. Really? Yeah. You mean his fever broke? No. That means he's still in bed? No. He said, Lucas is healed. He got out of the bed. He's acting as if he's never been sick. There's not a one problem wrong with him. I'm here to tell you he was healed immediately. And the man said, oh, there's something supernatural going on here. Tell me when, just tell me when Lucas got up out of bed. Not gradual healing, instantly healed. They said it was about 1 o'clock after lunch. And, and the man said, that's exactly the same time that Jesus said, go your way, your son is healed. Come on, somebody. Do you believe that he is still able to do that? I'm here to tell you on the journey that we're taking as followers of Christ, there's going to be more times in our life in the future if the Lord tarries that we're going to have to hear, your son is healed, your problem is over, your need is met, and it's because of your faith, not running toward your sufficiency, but humbling yourself and saying, God, you're all I need. You're all I need. I hear all I need. Heavenly Father, I thank you tonight for the abundance of your grace and your mercy. I thank you because I know that it's you. I know there is no power but the power of Almighty God. I know that there's some listening online that are facing threatening and frightful things in their life. And maybe some single parent mom, God, that's facing a questionable future as to how they're going to make it. It might, it might be some family that, God, they've kind of grown distant. It might be some marriage that they're apart. It might, be, it might be some young person that God has made a mistake and now they're, they're, they know their consequences. They're going to face it nobody knows about. It could be some physical challenge or problem. It might be some big crossroads of a decision that we, we have to make. It doesn't matter what it is. Here's what we know. Here's what we know. Hallelujah. You are abundantly clear about who we are to you. We are the apple of your eye. Hallelujah. We are the figment of your joy 
And we are the ones that you appreciate and enjoy every day and that you have a hand that's on us and you know right where we are, God. And we're going to be that Christ ambassador. We're going to behave and do as you have called us to do. For it is not by might nor by power, but what is it, folks? It is by my spirit, saith the Lord. I'm going to ask you to stand and let's give the Lord a clap offering. Can you do that? Come on. Let's let it be a hearty clap offering. Those of you at home, those of you at home, you may be at home right now. And you thought, I should have gone tonight. That's what you're feeling. Well, you can do it next Wednesday. But let me tell you, some of you need this word. Some of you, God just gave you a lifeline in the middle of waves that have been overtaking you far too long. And God has thrown out the lifeline and said, here's help. Some of you tonight needed the spark. You needed somebody to walk up and kind of hit you in the posterior and say, get on out there and and get busy and get the job done. Some of you needed to release your fears and throw them on the altar and say, God, I'm tired of these messes in my life. I'm giving them to you. I am bold and brave. I am a man of valor by the grace of God. That's who you are, my friend. Don't you ever forget it. That's who we are as believers in Christ. So I want to ask everyone to repeat this prayer with me. Would you do that? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I love you. I humble my heart. There is no one else more important, more valuable in my life than you. God, I want to get charged up. I want to have faith as the three Hebrew children had. I want to say, if nothing good comes out of this, I'm still online. I'm still your child. I'm still in the army of Almighty God. Father God, my testimony is this. I am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. And my testimony and my testimony is you are my Savior. You are my coming King. You are my healer. You are my Lord of Lords. And I celebrate you. And I praise you. And I give you all the glory and all the honor in Christ's name. Listen carefully. If God touched your life, you need to respond. When that man was told, go your way, son, your son is healed. That man at that moment had to stand there and say, but God, I don't see any manifestation. Where he said, I appreciate your time, but as far as I know, nothing happened. That man had to turn around and walk away with nothing more than the word of a man he had never met before. What you are going to have to do, if God has touched you, you get online and you let us know. If God has touched you, get in the comment section and say, I rededicated my life. We're going to help you. We're going to love you. We're going to minister to you. But we've got to partner together and beat the living daylights out of the power of darkness and declare victory is in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's worship one more time. Let's raise this praise together here. Say all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. 
Sunday morning.